these are questions that he asks everybody he meets to decide if he can really love them. Okay. So this is, <laughs> I guess, almost like a... I guess we could say it's a personality test, but not really a personality test. It's a test for his love. Yeah. It's just quirky enough that I think it's something we could pull off. Yeah, that was golden. I love I it. I like simplicity and I like it to be very couples clean. All acted very simple. The matching couples. Oh my lord, I hate the matching couples. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm attracted to normal looking women. Right, but that's not accurate. You have weird taste. Those are all things that most of us could really improve on. It's gonna, it's gonna vary wildly if anyone listens at all. That's what I call interesting. No real substance? That's super interesting. Fascinating almost. Welcome to While We're on the Subject, where we talk about what we talk about. Now, here's the show. Hi, Mike. Hey, John. It's our 20th episode. Yeah, number 20. Big yeah, we haven't stopped or anything. Consistency. Feels good. Yeah, consistency. Yeah. That that follow through. Yeah. yeah. Consistency. There. There we go. Just third time's the charm. Well done. So this episode, since it's our 20th episode, it's not especially special, but we're going to do something special anyway. You know, it feels special to me. Yeah. Because I feel like 10 is the marker of, okay, now you've actually done something right and then 20 is like oh this is ongoing that's the first like real milestone yeah yeah that's and then once we get to 100 that'll be great you know yeah at that point you can't deny that we're legitimate podcasters 100 episodes i mean we're legitimately something yeah (laughs) Yeah. okay so we're doing something weird today so what are we doing mike all right there are a series of questions that i discovered from a gentleman Hmm. named chuck klosterman and who is he he is a guy. Okay, good. I figured Chuck, that sounds pretty much like a guy. Yeah. He shares the name with your father. Yeah. Good men both, I'm He's sure. He's just like an author, you know, columnist. Okay. Award-winning sort of fellow. All right, yeah. sure. I don't think he's like a social psychologist or a scientist or anything. Just Is he like a journalist? Yeah. Okay. Kind yeah, he's... Quasi-journalist. Yeah, I mean, he's an essayist as well, sort of. Like sure. that popular culture and stuff like that. So he has some questions. So what are these questions? All right. So these are questions, I guess. He asks these questions to everybody that he meets in order to decide if he can really love them. Now, John, I've been <laughs> on the fence about you for a very long time. Yeah. And so yeah. I want to find out, can I really love you, John? Is there a set of answers where if I answer correctly, you'd be like, okay, check, he is lovable or check, he's evil or something like that? Uh... Is that how this works? Is there like a grading system? No, there's not a grading system. I think it's ultimately up to my discretion how you answer it, the discussion it spawns, and then how I feel about you after we have that discussion. So let's just say Hitler and Jesus would probably love different people after asking these questions. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe they'd love similar people. I mean, it's hard to say. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They might have similar tastes. All right. So I don't know what any of these are. You're just going to ask them to me, and then we're going to, I guess, go through them? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Yeah, sounds good. We're going to start with question number one. That's a good place to start. Yes. So the question, let us assume you met a rudimentary magician. All right. And the magician can do five simple tricks. Sounds good. He can pull a rabbit out of his hat. He can make a coin disappear. He can turn the ace of spades into the joker card. And two others similar to that. All right. They are his only tricks. Those are the only tricks he can do. He can't learn any more. It's just those five tricks. Sure. However, the five tricks that he does, he does with real magic. So it's not like an illusion. Like he pulls a, you know, uh, rabbit out of thin right. air and yeah. the coin disappears into some other dimension, whatever. 
Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Gotcha. So legitimately yeah, yeah. a magical individual, but obviously very limited in what he's able to do. Yes. Still pretty good. Yeah. Would this person be more impressive than Albert Einstein? Oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> These are much longer than I anticipated. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's hard. Okay. So I think also we should pause for a second after you ask the question to let the audience think about how uh-huh. they would respond. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to answer right away. I think that's enough of a pause for the first one. Right. Yeah. Okay. That was fair. So I think what this gets down to is how you define what is impressive, right? So I'm going to use an analogy because that's what I do. Right. Of course you do. If you see someone mm-hmm. who's like nine feet tall, right? is that impressive? Like I need to know so much more about this musician. Musician. Or magician, sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the musical magician. <laughs> Magically musical. Um, uh. I need to know much more about this magician because like if he just happens to have been imbued with these powers and he as a boy just was like, oh, look, I can pull out rabbits. Right. Isn't that great? Free rabbit food for all <laughs> the rest of time. I have rabbits too endlessly. <laughs> I mean that's great and all, well, but that does, that's you, not impressive. Like, that would just you find it strange. more impressive that he could, I don't know, end world hunger with this unlimited rabbit food? Like it would be. <laughs> I, I think impressive is the wrong word. This is my issue. Like I think it's interesting. Right. Like, that is a very strange and interesting thing. Well, just like like I think if somebody can dunk, that's impressive. If someone can like reach up and touch a basketball rim, that's not impressive. Like that's just they're and, tall. Right. I don't find that like that's nothing that they're doing, right? So right. for something to be impressive, it has to be something that they're doing. I know the magician is doing these things, but like if he just innately can change cards into other cards, like that's not impressive. Like it's not something he had to learn or train with. Whereas Einstein, he looked at uh-huh. essentially as the same kind of guy, educated in the same way as tons of his peers and tons of people before him. Right. He came up with core insights about the universe. Mm-hmm. that no one else came up with okay. that countered pre-existing understanding of the universe and had no empirical backing at the time, mm-hmm. right? Impressive is the right word for that, right? Like that is right. to go against what is currently understood and have great insights with no obvious distinction in terms of like, you're not born as some special person, like you're uh-huh. just a person. That is very impressive, I think. Okay. So no, I no, this magician, even with real magic is not impressive to me. Where do you stand on it? Well, what if he didn't know how to do those tricks originally? Despite the ability to maybe be able to do them, or maybe not have the ability to do them at all. What if he figured out some way to warp matter and space-time? Okay, so this is is exactly it. This is why you need to know so much more about the magician, because, like... I'm assuming because he only has these limited five tricks. Mm -hmm. My assumption is he wasn't like, oh, I can invent any sort of magic I want. And the magic I'm going to invent is making a rope come out of a hat or disappear. Like, I don't remember what they were, but like, if that was his intention, that he's like, oh, I can warp space time. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a coin disappear. Then I find that to be the opposite of impressive. Like that is so incredibly mind-bogglingly mundane. You know what I mean? Right. So my assumption is that he didn't do that because that doesn't make any sense to me. So I think the point of the question is that he's limited in what he's capable of doing because he right. can't do anything else, which is to say that maybe this was the extent of his abilities. He learned that he had the abilities and then was able to maximize them in full. Yeah, sure. It's still kind of impressive, right? Well, like, I just think impressive is the wrong word. I, I guess. Like, yeah, it's kind of like it's it's not unimpressive, I guess, but it's... Right. 
No, I don't think it's impressive. Like, if you're just magical, uh-huh. think about it from a different perspective. Like, what if you're a ghost? Okay. It's like, oh, is it impressive that a ghost can walk through a wall? <laughs> is that impressive? No, that's just what you are. Like, you're okay. a ghost. You can do that. Uh-huh. Like, is it impressive that a cat can fall out of a tree and land on its feet? Uh-huh. No, that's not impressive. Right. That's a cat. Okay. Like, I don't know. Is it impressive that cows can digest grass? Like, I don't find that particularly impressive. <laughs> it's different from us, but it's not particularly impressive. So, like, if it's just in his nature, this is not impressive. Okay. I accept your answer. I'll allow <laughs> it. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, John believes the magician is not impressive if he is just magical and by proxy can do very limited magical things. He's certainly not as impressive as Einstein. So Albert Einstein dropped some real knowledge on everybody and changed the way people think about the universe. Einstein won, magician zero. Without a doubt. Now, if this was like a rabbit producing contest, maybe Einstein would fail there, but that's not yeah, the case. Yeah, but he could just n- nuke the other guy, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what do you want? just you nuke know? the other guy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, being involved in the invention of the nuclear bomb, like, that's pretty significant, you know? Like, that's a powerful mojo thing, much bigger than pulling a rabbit out of a hat. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Like, move, move, move along, I guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. The next question, it's darker. It's grim. Okay. It's, what do we got? So. Is this number two or are you yeah, jumping around? Yeah, this is number two. I okay, was going to okay. jump around, but then I saw question number two and I thought to myself, there's no way I'm not asking John this question. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let us assume a fully grown, completely healthy Clydesdale horse has his hooves shackled to the ground while his head is held in place with a thick rope. Wait, his hooves are shackled to the ground? Yeah, so he's... Oh, he's got, like, shackles around his legs, around his... Okay, I no, to the ground, so he's just, like, completely confined. Okay, can't move. He okay, can, gotcha. cannot move. He is conscious, standing upright, but he is completely immobile. Gotcha. For whatever reason, every political prisoner on Earth, as cited by Amnesty International, will be released from captivity... If you can kick this horse to death in less than 20 minutes, you are allowed to wear steel-toed boots. That's useful. Would you try to do it? Yes. That's... Yeah. That's bold. Yes. Really? Yeah. You would try. Do you think you could kill... Yeah, the difficulty is the word try there. <laughs> because, like, if I wasn't able to... That would feel pretty crappy, right? Like, <laughs> right. You just, oh, I just, I just impaled this horse, yeah. and it didn't die within the twenty minutes. So, sorry. right. And then once you started kicking this horse to death, twenty minutes have passed. You can't stop kicking it to death. It's already in pain. It's suffering. Well, you can. Like if you really didn't do any damage, like if you're really bad at kicking a horse to death, <laughs> and you just like broke its leg, it's like, yeah, you know, you can stop. Yeah. Although I guess they do kill horses when they break their legs. Yeah. There, but yeah, I don't know. I, I hmm. the weight of all of the misery around right it's difficult because of how you might define political prisoners as well oh. that's a sticky issue in parentheses it says as cited by amnesty international so i don't yeah i know but i so i'm assuming that's a very particular definition for political prisoners it is but i still think it's a bit sticky because one of the things the political prisoners even like under the more limited definition that amnesty might use where they don't include perhaps you know terrorists they don't include like people who are fomenting armed insurrection or what have you but even with that Mm -hmm. political prisoners putting them in prison serves a function 
right? right. Like it stops unrest in a society. And so like if you released all p- political prisoners, you could very quickly have a lot of societies be destabilized. Now these are often authoritarian regimes. They're often not places that are necessarily right great in a lot of senses so destabilizing them might not be the end of the world but then again if you have entire regions suddenly like go up in flames because all of these people are free right there might be a lot of violence and death so that's more complicated but i'm just going to assume that they're free and they're like all moved as like refugees to the united states and they're not actually fomenting anarchy across the world right but no, like kicking a horse is like it's a horse. Like we kill horses all the time. We eat meat. I've eaten horse meat. Oh like, man, John has a taste for it. You'll probably I've be able to totally kick it to death in twenty minutes. It was not as good as beef, oh. and I've never kicked a horse. Well, then he obviously didn't like it enough to want to kick a horse to death in twenty minutes. No, I mean I don't think well kicked horse is going to be particularly tasty anyway. <laughs> I mean, realistically, all you have to really do is weaken its legs enough for the rope to strangle the horse once it can't stand on its own. Oh, that's pretty good. You've got a go-to strategy for like killing a restrained horse. Well, as soon as I read this, I thought to myself, well, I mean, the legs are probably not that hard to break. And technically, I did kick it to death by making its legs weak. Yeah, that's true. Well done. But I'm not sure even if you broke the legs, if it would necessarily be strangled within 20 minutes. Mm, maybe if you like kick it more i don't because <laughs> you could be strangled and survive for three to five minutes and so like if it takes you 15 minutes to break its legs and even if you break its legs it might still be able to support its body enough you're not right. going to cut its legs off well maybe at the right boots. angle you could kind of like side kick it so that it's like knees oh like get the bones sticking yeah. out so it like yeah so that yeah, it cuts through yeah mm-hmm. so that there is no real support and i think you know yeah. horses are pretty heavy despite their thick muscular necks i mean I think you Yeah, could. that also does get into the whole thing of the strategy behind how you would go about it. Like, I think if I was actually faced with the decision, I might not try to kill the horse mm-hmm. because I wouldn't be confident enough that I would be able to. Mm-hmm. Steel toe boots are great and all, but horses are big yeah. and hard to kill. Like, I can't kick it in the head. Like, its head's way too high. Right. And this isn't even like a small horse. It's a Clydesdale. Right. Clydesdales are enormous. Massive. Yeah, that's true. Like, in theory, if I thought I was able to kill it, <laughs> I would kill it. <laughs> but like in practice, I find that probably will not happen. Also, I don't really understand how I would be affected by that. Like I might be left shaken, sad. Yeah. Like that might be a disturbing experience yeah. to kick a horse to death. And then it's even worse because this isn't going to be something the whole world witnesses and people are going to be like, wow, John, I can't believe you released all these political prisoners. How did you do it? And you're going to have to explain to people that you kicked the horse to death. See, that doesn't bother me that much. Like, that'd be oh, fine. Like, but people are going to look at you differently. That's true. Yeah. But I think the weight of you got all of the political prisoners around the world freed. For most people, they will forget how you did it. Right. Very quickly. And just that will matter. Do you think it'd be like a harder question to answer if it was like a person that you had to kick to death and then people were like, how did you do it? I think it would be much easier to kill a person in 20 minutes. Well, obviously it would be much easier. <laughs> I'm not talking so, about the actual So on the one hand, the you're more assured that if you do it, you win. <laughs> right. right. But it's a human being. That's true. And then how do you feel about it? Because I, I feel like you'd be much more shaken kicking a human person to death than Well, because they horse. could like shout at you and right. be like, please stop. Stop <laughs> yeah, bashing in my head with your steel toe boots. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be traumatic. Now, if they didn't speak my language, it would be less traumatic perhaps. Yeah, they're shouting. Yeah, they're sad. But at least I can't hear them 
tell you stuff right not intelligibly anyway right yeah i don't know like that would definitely be like i'm not sure like i would definitely prefer to go with the horse but the person i might still take like it would vary somewhat on who the person was perhaps okay not like a normal person not like a person you hate or anything just ordinary human being like i can think of a few people where i'd be like yeah let's do this i know yeah but that i think that would defeat the whole purpose then because then you'd yeah, be like oh this is gonna true. be easy for me yeah i'm gonna kick you to death real fast but wouldn't sir. that be great it's like <laughs> you just go in there and you're like look your life can serve a greater purpose <laughs> now let's do this bam, bam, yeah. Bam. yeah that would be something else although i think trying to kick a horse to death would really really mess up your foot regardless of the seal toe boots oh yeah dude the only thing that i can imagine that would be effective with this is if you went for its stomach i think like your strategy for the legs, not a bad call, not a bad call at all. But I think you would have to like try to go into the ribs and try to cause some real internal damage and hope that your like steel toe boots that you could kick up and you could kick high enough and hard enough to like rip through, mm. which seems difficult and unlikely to work. Right. Although maybe you could like mount the horse and like try to kick it while you're on it. I don't know. It it just seems like a very difficult yeah. prospect that I would want to avoid. Would it be possible to agree to this? Have someone represent you as the kicker and then have like a professional like a soccer player or a professional get, like, like Shaq. football get Shaq involved in this well I was thinking maybe like someone who kicks footballs for a living maybe they'd be able to really get in there you know yeah but see football players are small like they're not hmm. giant super strong athletes like I would prefer you give me like LeBron James. You give me somebody who's like 6'10 or 6'9 or something like that. Really muscular, really strong, and just like they can really get it. Right. Like, I think the height is the biggest issue with the horse. Right. Like, they're just too far up there. That's like, true. this is a problem. What if there was like a really, really tall running back? You know, because they have strong legs, man. Their whole yeah, job is. There are is no to... tall running backs. That's not a thing. Uh, you're probably right. Running backs are all like 5'2. Well, like one running back is like five two, but running backs are all like five six. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know, but okay. Here's a, here's a more important question. Hmm. These questions are all to decide if this Klosterman guy will love someone uh, or not. Right. right. Which answer causes him to love them? Or not? Oh, I mean, because I'm gonna say the not horse killer is the one that he loves. You think so? I think it's the interpersonal relationship that he values more than societal welfare. Right. Well, I think ultimately it comes down to how they come to their decision much more than it is the decision that they've come to how they rationalize why they would do it. That's what I would. Yeah. Like if they're like you and they just come out with a ready-made strategy for how to cut a horse's legs off and strangle it with this rope. And he's maybe like, Oh, that gives me pause. Let me take a step back. (laughs) Yeah. You, you were way too effective at coming up with a way to kill a horse in 20 minutes with just boots. (laughs) Yeah. Versus maybe someone who's all like, well, you know, like you were, you thought it through. You're like, well, practically speaking, Maybe I wouldn't try it because I couldn't, but in theory, if it was helping a bunch of people that needed help, you know what I mean? Like, I think sure. it ultimately yeah. comes down to how you come to your decision. Thoughtful consideration. Yeah, no, you're probably right. You're probably right that the way you come to answer it mm-hmm. matters much more than the, like, actual simplistic yeah. answer. And I definitely think these are, part of them are just sort of to, to be funny. Sure. Or to engage a different side of your mind yeah. than you normally engage. Yeah, I can see that. That's why it makes sense for us to talk about it. <laughs> Yes, because these questions give you a little bit to think about. Yeah, nothing better than engaging your mind in a weird way. Yeah, and so I see a question here, which okay. feels appropriate for our podcast. It's question number four. Number four, okay. It seems appropriate. So here's question number four. Okay. Genetic engineers <laughs> Okay. at Johns Hopkins University have developed a so-called 
Super Gorilla. All right. So the animal can't speak. It does have a sign language lexicon of over 12,000 words. That's a lot of words. Yeah, and an IQ of almost 85. And a vague sense of self-awareness. I would hope with an IQ of 85, it would have self-awareness. Like So, the creature, which obviously a gorilla is a very heavy gorilla, probably weighs like, I don't know, 600 pounds. Five, 800 pounds in the old adage. Yeah. Okay, so like 800 pounds has become fascinated by American football. Oh, this is getting, yeah, okay, okay. The gorilla <laughs> aspires to play the game at its highest level and develops the basic skills of a defensive end. Okay, so like tearing people apart and tackling them to the ground, <laughs> right. sure. Manhandling quarterbacks, yeah. Yeah, very easily. ESPN analyst Tom Jackson speculates that this gorilla would be borderline unblockable and would likely average six sacks a game. Yeah, let's clarify for our foreign listeners. So uh, this is American football Uh where somebody has a ball and everybody else is trying to, well, the other team is trying to get him on the ground. Like that's the whole point of the game. He's trying to get it to the end of the field. They're trying to get him to the ground. And a defensive end is the first line of attack to try to take that guy to the ground. So they're the big kind of fat, strong, fast guys that have to get past the other big, strong, fat guys and try to get the quarterback to the ground or what have you. Mm -hmm. And so this gorilla is going to be that. All right, so he would be nearly unblockable, sure. Right, and probably sack the quarterback a lot. Although the analyst concedes that the gorilla would probably be susceptible to counters and misdirection plays, whatever. So... The gorilla has made it clear that he would never intentionally injure an opponent. You, as the commissioner of the NFL, would you allow this gorilla to sign with the Oakland Raiders? <laughs> it would be the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Of course it would. Which is why I thought the question was even more appropriate for you, John. Yeah, Seeing thanks for that. You enjoy them and they could use any advantage they can get. You know, they haven't done too badly in the last couple of years. I mean, they, they haven't done particularly well, but not too badly. Uh, oh... No, no, of course not. I wouldn't let him play. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That seems that's seems insane. Do you think it's that's like some kind of like crazy precedent for other things to be allowed to play? First of all, I think this gorilla is not going to be allowed out of the lab. <laughs> you can't allow something like that to go out Planet of the Apes style and start wreaking havoc. <laughs> but it's not wreaking havoc. It just wants to play professional football. <laughs> There are so many questions that need to be answered before I get to <laughs> dealing with professional football. Okay, like as a question. Okay, first of all, first of all, okay, what if this animal does accidentally kill somebody on the football field? Right, we've had football players die on the football field before, mm-hmm. so it's a at least semi sentient, semi intelligent creature. Right now, for most creatures, if mm-hmm. they kill a human whether by accident or on purpose, mm-hmm. we kill the creature. That's pretty standard practice, right? Like if a dog attacks somebody, the dog gets put down. Right. Like that's common. If this gorilla accidentally kills somebody, do you kill him? Like I, I no, like do all you of just this. Put them in also, a zoo? also, no, no, you wouldn't put him in a zoo. He's Why? a semi, like, are you kidding me? You put him in like no. a jail zoo. Sort of like a jail, like, like isolation. Well, not isolation. Just, you know, people are still going to want to look at him. I think there are a lot of questions about putting a intelligent or semi-intelligent creature like that with other creatures of the same species. Like, I think there's obviously going to be a lot of violence involved in that because there's going to be 
just dissatisfaction and anger. Like think about how frustrating you would be if you could only be surrounded by incredibly ignorant morons that can't communicate, can't speak, can't function, are throwing their own feces across like the room. Like how incredibly angry would you be all the time? Putting him with other gorillas would be a no-go as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Also imprisoning an intelligent being is hard to justify. I mean, people do it all the time all over the world. Imprisoning intelligent beings? I mean, but that's because they've committed crimes. Maybe they could charge them with involuntary manslaughter? Sure, like if if he actually did kill somebody on the football field, yeah. Right. But I don't think you could necessarily do that if he didn't kill somebody on the football right. field. But, let's, but setting that aside, like I can't make any of those decisions because I'm the commissioner of the NFL. Uh-huh. So... I can't make any of that, those decisions. I'm just faced with this guy who is apparently now free to go out into the world and do all this sort of stuff. And I have to decide whether or not to let him in. I do not let him in. And I do not let him in because, like, the most fundamental reason why you don't let him in is because once you let a gorilla like that in, you have to let others like that in. You know what I mean? Right. And very quickly, what American football would become is a sport of genetically modified apes attacking other genetically modified apes that sounds so awesome it does sound awesome but how is that not what you want the sport to evolve to (laughs) it would completely cease to be a sport also i think you would have to get humans out of it very quickly also i think it would probably be banned if it became that Mm -hmm. like you think about dog fighting you think about stuff like that right that's just the kind of things don't have sentience no agency this is a gorilla that wants to play football now if we assumed that they started making more genetically modified gorillas and they also took an interest in football and also wanted to play football and decided to play football again it would be up to them and so if it did turn into a giant sport of a bunch of gorillas who wanted to play football playing football i think it would be okay now if they were forcing genetically modified gorillas to play football against their will that's a whole other thing. Yeah, that gets more dicey. I will just mm. say, like, I think your argument's a poor argument. Like, the argument has to either be apes playing football is fine or apes playing football is not fine. Just from, like, you can't extrapolate it based upon their free will. Because imagine we had people that wanted to be, like, Roman gladiators today and wanted to go into an arena and chop each other to bits. Do you think that would suddenly be legal? It's like, oh, these guys yeah, want to chop each other to bits. We're going to make this a blood sport. Other. It's just gorillas playing football. Right, but that's why I'm saying, like, just because there are willing participants doesn't mean that you have to make it okay. Right, but it happens now with people. Now, if you had another species of animal with the same amount of sentience decide they wanted to play a sport professionally, and to say they can't because they're not human seems ridiculous. And I don't think you can say, well, that's just like people who want to kill each other in a gladiator combat situation. It's totally different. That's not the same thing at all. I'm not saying it's the same. I'm saying that your argument is invalid because just because people want to do something doesn't mean we're going to allow them to do something. And these people that maybe want to be gladiators, we're not going to allow them to be gladiators and be in a televised blood sport where they're murdering each other just because everyone's willing to participate. You know what I mean? Like right. the willingness to participate is not the sole criteria upon which we will decide these sorts of things. That was my only point, mm. but you're right. Like gorilla football. I don't see anything morally repugnant about right. gorilla football. I don't think gorilla football should be mixed with human football I mean, because if you're <laughs> talking about an 800 pound gorilla with, even if they're really big, heavy linemen, they're 300 yeah, pounds. Yeah. Max. He's two, three times their weight. <laughs> That's not going to go well. That's yeah. not going to end well at all. You know, what's really unfortunate about that is that a gorilla could very easily just grab 
them by their ankle and pull their feet from out under them. They don't even have to tackle That's true. it. Like, They're super low to the ground. Yeah. And imagine if a gorilla fell on you. Like, I mean, who's knocking a gorilla down? I could easily see him like jump at someone. He's t- trying to tackle people, right? Like, that's that. Yeah, that's all. Right, but about. I mean, he's a quadruped. He's probably pretty fast. All he has to do is really push him to the ground. Is that what he wants to do? He wants to play football. You don't want to play football because you just want to push somebody <laughs> to the ground. Like, if you're trying to play defensively right, in the NFL, you want to put people into the ground. If the animal has no intention of injuring any of their opponents, then they obviously know that they're going to have to hold back. They can't in their head if they understand the game and understand their own strength would go, yeah, I'm going to tackle the living hell out of this quarterback as soon as I get my hands on him because then he'll be dead. Sure. Like he's not trying to kill them, but that doesn't mean he doesn't want to establish his dominance by like putting them into the ground and Mm -hmm. making them really feel it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's still going to be a lot of pain and a lot of damage anyway. So no, I would not allow it. What about you? Are you saying that you would allow this guy to play in the NFL? I'm torn. I'm totally open to an, all gorilla league yeah that that i am i'm with you (laughs) as the commissioner i would definitely be like okay ape here's what we're gonna do we're gonna go back to john hopkins we're gonna breed like another 50 of you we're gonna start some seven on seven gorilla drills like that's what we're gonna start doing oh man that would be that would be really great Mm. yeah billion dollars easy (laughs) really easily people would eat that up they would pay so much Absolutely. money to watch that. Like that would be something you could probably put on pay per view for like a hundred bucks. People would pay for. Yeah, man, you could have another NFL. Like the NFL would probably start to die just because <laughs> it's losing all of its audience. But do you allow them into the NFL? You know what? I would put them on the practice squad and see how they perform under those conditions. That seems okay. Okay. Obviously, I would have all the players sign a waiver. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. So they understand what's going on. If they were on board, if the players aren't on board, then no. Because obviously they care about their own safety and they don't want to get injured and have their career ruined because an 800-pound animal was allowed on the field against their will. Well, but I think it's even more than that. Whatever team had that animal would just win. I mean... You know what I mean? Like That's true. There's, there's no way that they don't just win. So it would be kind of like again, putting Kobe I, Bryant in, onto a high school basketball team and just being like, hey, look, guys, <laughs> like this professional <laughs> basketball player, one of the best guys. In, I mean, not anymore because he's retired already, right. but like one of the best players of all time. He's just on this high school basketball <laughs> team. Let's have a competitive game. See how this goes. Like, it's not going to go well. Right. And that's why I would just on a practice squad, see how it goes. And then if it's obviously as one-sided as it probably will end up being then i can make a decision based on that nah yeah i mean sure that's fine that's legitimate i guess i think ultimately it would probably be a no but i have to entertain the thought i have to see it in action even if it's just me personally before i make a decision the amount of publicity you would get from just like contemplating this publicly and having him on the practice squad and having a little bit of film of him like taking somebody down (laughs) like that sort of thing it's huge that like they could really boost ratings so you know yeah sure like Maybe I would just use that to drum up more viewers. But yeah, I don't know. No, I'm, I'm definitely not in. All right. What else you got? What else you got? Uh, let's see. I'm going to... I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm trying to think of one that's... Take your time, man. Nobody has anything to do here, you know? Yeah, that's true. You're just here to listen to us. And if you're entertained, you can, you can be patient. Ah, okay. So <laughs> I have one for you. And I'm picking this one specifically because it just seems like the kind of question that you would not like to answer. 
Wonderful. Perfect. <laughs> so, this is question number 13. So far, we're at 1, 2, 4, and 13. Okay, okay, 13. Every person you have ever slept with is invited to a banquet where you are the guest of honor. No one will be in attendance except for you, your collection of former lovers, and obviously the catering people that are there to serve the food. Yeah, sure, you gotta have waiters. Right. After the meal, you are asked to give a 15-minute speech to the assembly. What do you talk about? <laughs> um, this podcast, obviously. Like, <laughs> that's the you first gotta do thing. some self promotion. You know what I mean? No, that's the only thing. <laughs> that's just, the only just you go through, and minutes. I go through episode by episode and describe each one of the first twenty episodes, <laughs> and I just close with these questions. And I'm like, you know how meta this is gonna get? I get asked a question on the twentieth episode about this banquet. Isn't that insane? Before it even happened. No, I don't know. Like, uh, what do I... I mean, I would assume that you would probably have some knowledge beforehand of the banquet, knowing that you're going to have to give a speech, right? Like, no one's Yeah, just sure, gonna, you have some prep time. Yeah. No, it's just going to be like, oh, hey, you're invited to come have dinner with all your former lovers mm. at a banquet. I mean, I do enjoy that he goes with banquet how many lovers do you have that you're having a banquet i mean like you know what i mean <laughs> right but <laughs> dinner at your kitchen table versus banquet do you have three or four do you have 50 or 60 like what, what are you dealing with here right but i mean at least enough to fit a table i mean one fits a table so <laughs> right you could technically have a banquet Sure. I like the idea of having like a full catering staff of 30 or 40 people working there for like the one person sitting at that table. One individual. You just have a different person coming up with a new bottle of wine to refill their glass every five minutes. You know, it would be really entertaining to just go through your first time with each of them and just be like, oh, I remember that was such a good day, wasn't it? Uh, you know, like that would be pretty entertaining or or just go through a full comparison. You know? Oh, like, that. like we could go like we did with the presidents and just go through ranking them and be like, oh, my yeah, God. you see, you were really strong in this area. <laughs> really bad over here. Work would... on that. You know what I mean? Have you improved in the last 10 years? Let's hope so. Do you still cry right before it happens? Because <laughs> yeah, that was a yeah. real big turn off. Uh, you got to work on that because, you know, I, re I learned after you. Not everybody does that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I like, like, I like those options. I'm not sure that that would actually be right possible. <laughs> like, I don't think I would actually do that. Yeah, I feel like that takes a lot of, especially yeah. if you're currently with someone, then you cannot genuinely rank oh, your former lovers. Oh, because they're there. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even consider yeah. that. Oh, yeah. wow. That that adds a whole other wrinkle. Because yeah. wait, read the question again. Is it just it says your past? Every ones? person you have ever slept with is invited to. Interesting. Yeah. Oh God. That makes it so much more complicated. You really just can't be super hilarious, full no. of sass kind of person mm -mm. in that sort of situation. You're right. That's a very awkward a banquet. Huh. Yeah, I don't have a good answer. Do you have any answer? Do you have any <laughs> thoughts on this? I think it really depends on whether they have any sort of speeches. Okay, so it says that after the meal... You're asked to give like a like a speech. Sure. But maybe before the meal, like, do they speak? Do they communicate with you throughout the banquet? Do they just sit there yeah, awkwardly oh, and ignore oh, I'm you? I'm assuming, like, like, let's imagine there are 10 of them, or how many people sit at a banquet table? Eight? Sure. 
So let's assume there are seven of them and you're all sitting at the same table. Oh, And you're okay. all getting served dinner and you're all eating dinner and you're going through making small talk throughout the whole of dinner. And then at the end, like at a wedding or something, you get up after dinner and now have to talk. And let's just assume there's alcohol included. Like everybody's two or three glasses of wine in by this point. Right. It's either gotten merry or very Awkward. uncomfortable. Yes. And the thing is, and here's, and here's the part that makes it really curious because the question says you're asked to give the speech somebody is asking you to speak oh that's Who interesting is asking is it all of them are they all like speech 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 well but see that actually adds another wrinkle because if you're asked at this point that means you didn't know it in advance you were not able to prepare mm, so this is off the cuff this means that you were not able like you can't have any jokes about any of them because you were not you didn't have any prep time to right. like, go through your head of like is that tasteful or is that right. deeply offensive? Yeah, no, that's tougher. It's getting tougher by the minute. I think I would go with something, you know, like, oh, I love you all in some way. You're all. Ah, uh, you're going to get booed off the stage with that. Dude, because I don't, I mean, obviously I'd be like, well, there are obvious exceptions. You and you. I would point. I would point. I'd be like, you, you and you. you? I don't yeah. even know you guys' names. Like, uh. I mean, I know their names, but that's the point, right? <laughs> sure, sure. And then, you know, from there, I'd be like, some of you don't want to be here. All of you probably don't want to be here. You know, this is a really interesting question because, like, if you're asking this of anybody that's a little bit older, mm-hmm. like, let's say you're asking somebody that's 50 hmm. and one or two of the people they've slept with are dead. Oh. Right? That's a weird thing. Do they get exhumed? Is there some like cosmic force that brings them back to life temporarily for the evening? They're dead, Mike. They're not there. It's a no-go. But they put out their chairs and they get served food and the whole thing. Oh you know my I mean? god, that's even more awkward. If that happened, I think I would just talk about the dead ones. <laughs> 15 minutes <laughs> okay. of people yeah, that aren't yeah. there. That wouldn't be bad. Avoid I mean, I do like how I said that, that like, if you're 50 or something, two of them might be dead. As though 50 is when people die. I mean, sometimes they do. People die all the time at all ages, John. But not really. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, there aren't a lot of 50-year-olds killing over. I think what I would probably do, mm-hmm. there's one of two options. Like, I would either go through, like, I would want to be positive, right? And I would want to try to include everybody. Mm-hmm. So I might go through and talk about something that I, like, learned from each of the relationships or something mm. that I didn't know going in that this sort of thing, I don't know, taught me or strengthened me in this way or what have you. Right. Now, that might be difficult with some of them, right? Mm-hmm. But that might be a go-to. But you could just umbrella the ones that really didn't offer anything. So you'll talk about, oh, you know, somebody made me taught me to be, I don't know, more considerate, and you mentioned the person specifically you're talking about. And, you know, that also goes for person A, that was useless, and person B, that was useless to me. <laughs> like, all okay. of you So you really have two. I'm curious about who these two useless people are in your life. Because you're pointing at you and you, and you were useless, and you were useless. <laughs> no, absolutely. You could, you could lump people in. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But my other option, if I'm not doing the things that I learned from them or mm-hmm. developed in the relationships or what have you, the other option is to be like, we all had good times. You all care about me clearly. That's why you're here at my <laughs> ex banquet. So no, it's not even I'm an gonna... ex banquet because there's also sure, your, my... your, your, your lover's right, banquet. My, my lover's banquet. <laughs> so I'm going to be like, you know, it's been a long time since I've talked to most of you, I guess. So like, 
I'm going to fill you guys in on the last few years of my life. This is what I've been doing. You know, I moved to Korea, moved to China, traveled through Europe, moved to Ireland. Like, you know, give them that whole thing. Like, fill them in on the things I've learned, how my life has changed. Just make it all really about me, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's either about (laughs) what, like, we learned from the relationships and developed and really inclusive and uplifting, or it's just all about me and where my life has been. No, you know what I would do? Mm. I would do this genuinely. This is not like to score points with the person that I'm with currently. Hold on, let me let me let me guess. Okay. You're gonna say that you're going to talk about how your current girlfriend is better than each of them and like make a comparison of how she's better than each of them. No, no, that's ridiculous. Oh. Because that would be very entertaining. Yeah. And I really thought you were going there. Well, I'm not trying to alienate people there. I don't need that kind of stress in my life. What I would do okay. is I would talk about how meaningful some of the relationships were and how great it was and despite its failure it all led me to the person i'm with now and if how it wasn't for all of them it wouldn't put me in the position of happiness with the person that i picked sure that's that's good yeah something that highlights the person i'm with and happy to be with and then the previous people that were there and contributed in some way shape or form Mm. also I would need some a few clarifications with this. Like, is this anyone that you've fooled around with? It says very specifically slept with. Right. Okay. But what if you didn't sleep over? What if you just left? Like, where where are these lines? Th- well, these are obviously important they questions. Didn't, they didn't say slept over with. They meant slept. They obviously meant lay with in the biblical way, John. <laughs> okay. Okay. So people you know, biblically. Yeah. It would be such a different perspective. Like, I'm trying to imagine somebody who's slept with 50 or 60 people. You know what I mean? Just really had a lot of one-night stands, really just got around all over the place. I feel like that would be such a different experience. Yeah. Because so many of them would just be like, who are you again? (laughs) Maybe you remember who they are because you had some visceral experience with them. Or what if you, like, ghosted them? Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, because a bad breakup is one thing, but just to getting with somebody, having a fling and just disappearing, like that's, (laughs) that's, uh, especially if it wasn't like mutual, like if they understood the deal, you understood the deal. Or Mm. what if you get ghosted? Like then that person that you really liked that obviously just ignored you and stopped talking to you, boom, is now there. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. And that's going to be awkward too, because as you're like, oh my God, it's the girl. You like walk up to her, you talk to her, you're obviously going to ignore other women there who like you more than you like them. And then it's going to create this really awkward, we are saying awkward a lot for this one. <laughs> well, because the whole scenario is right. awkward. Yeah. Like resentment between strangers. You know what I mean? There's going to be a lot of, true. a lot of, uh, were you before me or after me? That's, that's true. That's true. Although I think if you've had serious relationships and these are people that you had serious relationships with then, I mean, the early ones obviously would not know the order of the later ones, but they would know that they were later. You know what I mean? Like, they would generally know where they lie in the sequence, probably. You know what I mean? Like, if it's a one-night stand, they would have no idea where they fall on it. But if you were with each of these people for 18 months or longer, then you probably have talked about your exes with your current girlfriend or what have you, and And your previous girlfriends were like, well, he didn't date you before me, so... Mm, That's true. But I meant in a larger 
Oh yeah, the larger one would yeah. be so awkward with that. Although I like this idea of if some of them ghosted you, I really like that because I think if I think that would change everything for me. Like if I had a big number like that, like I was at fifty or sixty all in this, and it was a real banquet, right? Right. And there were a few that I really liked, and they just really treated me badly, and I really got ghosted or just dropped mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. what have you. Or let's say one of them got like with my good friend or something like that. Right. I think my whole fifteen minutes would just be walking through the various terrible things that some of them did. Getting the whole room on my side, like, can you believe she did that to me? Can you believe what she did? Uh, Is that not the most astounding thing in the world? You get everybody else on your side, you get all the sympathy, and you get your, like, small little modicum of vengeance against this person that so mistreated you. You know what? That's not actually a terrible one, though. I like that. That's a pretty good thing to talk about because there's going to be some there who resent you just because it didn't work out and maybe... You were just like, sorry, I don't feel that way about you. I didn't mean to use you. And they're just like, fine, whatever. I hate you. But then you talk about this person who hurt you and betrayed you and then completely left you for dead or whatever. And then they'll be like, oh, Mm. no, it's not his fault. She made him that way. Yeah, unless she was after. Oh, before, yeah, that's true. But you're right. I think that sort of thing, you're, like, I guess you're not, you're t- saying that it could even give you more sympathy, uh. which I guess is true. But that could backfire. Like, if you've treated some people really badly, oh, that's true. you're like, oh, this person, can you believe what she did? And then somebody heckles you from the crowd and is like, <laughs> yeah, well, what you did was so much worse. How could you possibly sleep oh, with my sister or whatever it was? That's true. Oh, yeah, two sisters, like, sitting next to each other. Oh, what a thing. That would be insane. Oh, like, my God. I could imagine some really uncomfortable scenarios. Like, uh. I have somebody that i know from back from high school who it's a very strange thing and we're going down weird alleys and maybe we should just move on but like he (laughs) slept with the mother of one of his girlfriends at one point what while she was in the house yeah is a a very strange situation the mother while the girlfriend was in the house yeah Mm. i'm not gonna go into details that just sounds like that's too many details film john i think you're making this up you're probably being honest but that just sounds like it would be a weird thing to make up yeah But that sort of thing, because if I recall correctly, like his girlfriend never found out, like that was not a thing that ever came out. And so this is one hell of a way for that sort of thing to come out. That would be astounding. Yeah, that would be rough. That would be rough. You are not wrong there. Also, I'm curious if these people know that that's why they're there. Because sticking with the people who are the big number, because I think if you have a few like long-term relationships, like if you've had three girlfriends and those are the people you've slept with or something like that, mm-hmm. they probably know who each other are. Mm, that's true. It's unlikely that you dated a girl for three or four years and then you dated another girl for three or four years and neither of them knows who the other person is. But in the larger number, there might be so many people that don't know each other because most of these girls probably wouldn't really know each other. Right. And they might recognize a few of the other ones but not really understand why are we all here. Oh my god, that would be really awkward, especially if that individual is at a point in their life where they're in a committed relationship, Mm. and they've been monogamous, and maybe the current lover knew to a small extent that they had gone around the block a couple times, but not quite how many times they've gone around the block, and then just to show up to the banquet and realize what it's about, and see how many people are there i could see if if you were really smooth i'm imagining some guy who's extraordinarily smooth and there's 60 70 girls there and he controls the seating arrangements like he's the only one aware of what this is and why it's happening and he controls the seating arrangements Uh, so that nobody's with anybody that they know he just treats it like it's a big social mixer from all of these different people that he knows from over the years and then he gets up and gives a speech that does not 
relate to this at all and it has a full misdirection uh-huh. and then no one ever finds out that this right. is why they were all assembled like but that would be sounds like this is not something organized by you this is something everyone's been invited to and also you are asked to speak so if it's not all the lovers who organized it and it's not you who organized it there must be a third party yeah, it's whoever you lost the bet about the gorilla, and you said the gorilla is not going to get in the NFL, and then the commissioner puts him in the NFL, and now you have to have a giant banquet with all of your exes. This is what happened. This is the backstory. <laughs> this that is we the needed. consequence. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is all fallout from a lost bet. Exactly. That's what it sounds like, right? Like there's no way that this sort of thing happens, and it's not a bet that you lost. Right. Right. I mean, that's possible. You could just have this really, like, vengeful enemy who's trying to ruin you. A shockingly resourceful and knowledgeable enemy. (laughs) Well, they say, you know, keep the friends close and your enemies closer. Maybe this is someone who studied their enemy well. I think if you're the kind of person to have slept with 50 people and you have an enemy that can track all of those people down (laughs) and get them to show up in one location, like, that is... Yeah, you're at a Such disadvantage. An impressive enemy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want that sort of enemy. <laughs> yeah. Like I would just surrender immediately. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's fair. You would be at a disadvantage. Okay. Yes. Next next question. Okay. Something less awkward perhaps. Oh, okay. This one this one's good. This is number seven. Number seven. So question number seven. Define all expectation. A group of Scottish marine biologists capture a live Loch Ness monster. <laughs> Uh, and okay. an almost unbelievable coincidence, a bear hunter shoots a Sasquatch in the thigh, thereby allowing zoologists to take the furry monster into captivity. These events happen on the same afternoon. That evening, the president announces he may have thyroid cancer and will undergo a biopsy later that week. You are the front page editor of the New York Times. What do you play as the biggest story? I really enjoy it. Like each of these questions I feel like is going to end. And then there's a third weird twist <laughs> right. to it. Like uh-huh. I didn't see the thyroid cancer coming in. Um, Sasquatch. Really? Yeah. Mm, I guess that's something people have been talking about for a long time. And I guess with our current leadership, people would probably care more about the Sasquatch. Yeah. I mean, thyroid cancer in the era of Trump wouldn't be big news at all. It'd be like, yeah, so wake me up when he tweets. <laughs> I mean, like today, half the country expects Pence to take over like any day. So I don't uh, think that that would necessarily warrant front page news. Mm -hmm. I think Sasquatch would be enormous. The reason why it gets top billing for me is because this is the discovery of another large ape. Mm -hmm. And it's the discovery, it would be, yeah, it would be the first discovery of a large ape outside of Africa. Now, I guess technically this could be a bear hunter in the Congo, but I don't think there are a lot of bears in the Congo. Thus, I don't think there are a lot of bear hunters in the Congo. Bear hunters, probably where most bears are, which is North America. Right. Or North Asia. Like, it could be in Russia, I guess, but, like, probably in North America. I mean, I think it's fair to assume from Sasquatch that it's in North America, because I think in Asia it's called, like, a Yeti or something. They have so many different names for weird, hairy, swamp creatures. Yeah, Yetis are supposed to be from the Himalayas or something, right? Yeah, yeah. they're from somewhere. Yeah, I don't really know all the uh, Sasquatch terminology. But I think Sasquatch is american it seems like a really poorly put together name like who's gonna name something sasquatch now baboon baboon is a great name baboon is such a good name and it's such a fitting name sasquatch Uh really poor name but sasquatch is really important because is this 
an ancestor? Is this a closer relative? Is this like the missing link? Uh-huh. Is this thing semi-intelligent? Is it more intelligent than chimps? Is it more intelligent than all of our other ape relatives? Right. Those sorts of questions, I think, are fascinating and enormous. Mm-hmm. And if something like that was discovered, it would be like, we got to know everything about this. This is this is big time. Right. If Nessie was found in Loch Ness, it's like, congrats, you found another whale. Yeah. Oddly shaped freshwater whale. <laughs> I mean... The Amazonian pink dolphins or what have you are fascinating that they can survive in a river, but like they're dolphins. Right. <laughs> like it, right. It, it doesn't matter that much to me as opposed to finding potentially our closest existing relative in terms of species, you know, like that, right. that is big time. And like, honestly, president would probably be what they would run. Right. I mean, probably. Although it's just a biopsy. Like they don't even know if he has anything. I think it had been a bigger deal in the eighties. Or the 90s. Yeah. During the Cold War, probably would have been yeah much more destabilizing. It would have been like, what? Versus now. And it's just like, eh, it's fine. We live in the future. Cancer gets solved all the time. <laughs> That's true. Wait, did it say... Sorry, can you read me the president part again? So it says, that evening the president announces he may have thyroid cancer and will undergo a biopsy later that week. Sorry. For some reason, I had it in my mind that men didn't have thyroids. Okay. What is it that men don't have? Like, I mean, other than sexual organs. There's something else that men don't have, right? Like, I know women don't have prostates. Is there not some other internal organ that men don't have? Uh, not that I know of. Maybe I'm losing my mind. I mean, there's diseases we don't get. Like what? Uh, like, I know we don't get cervical cancer. Or, like, HPV is not something that affects us. Yeah, but that's just because we don't get right. cervical cancer, which HPV causes. Okay, I'll have to check back, and maybe I'm going insane. I didn't realize that the thyroid was just below the Adam's apple. That's fascinating. Yeah. I yeah. just did a little bit of flash thyroid research. <laughs> you know, got to check my stupidity at the door, or ignorance at the door, to be more accurate. But yeah, the thyroid thing, ah, it's fine. No big deal. Moving on. Sasquatch is definitely the, the go-to for me. Like, And the Loch Ness Monster doesn't even register. It would be a big story, like it would be famous because the Loch Ness Monster is so famous, but right. it's kind of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. It's a fish or a whale or something. Like something, yeah, some, sure. some kind of dinosaur. Creature. Some sort of dinosaur water creature thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I guess that one wouldn't be as big a deal as finding a Sasquatch. Not to me, at least. I mean, it'd probably be a bigger deal in Scotland. Yeah, I think it would probably be pretty big in Scotland. That's yeah. true. That is definitely true. And, you know, I think it's possible that the world would be more interested in the fact that the Loch Ness Monster was found because it's such a strange creature. Mm -hmm. But Sasquatch just seems, because of all the questions it raises, Mm -hmm. much more interesting to me. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Just to be clear, I'm a much bigger fan of the Loch Ness Monster. Like, the Loch Ness Monster, super cool. Sasquatch, more interesting questions. Mm, I like Sasquatch better. Oh, no, man. Nessie is really cool looking, man. I mean... She might be. I don't know. I've never seen it. Yeah, but all of the images <laughs> that people come up with for the Loch Ness Monster are really cool. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I, mean, I, I distracted you from the next question. Okay. Ooh. Let me see. I'm, I'm torn. Whichever you like. I'm open to any of them. Okay. This one seems fun. Okay. So this is question number 19. 19. Your best friend is taking a nap on the floor of your living room. Suddenly, you are faced with a bizarre existential problem. This friend is going to die unless you kick them as hard as you can in the ribcage. If you don't kick them while they slumber, they will never wake up. However, you can never explain this to your friend. 
if you later inform them that you did this to save their life, they will die from that. So you have to kick a sleeping friend in the ribs and you can't tell them why. Since you cannot tell your friend the truth, what excuse will you fabricate to explain this attack? Oh, so it's not deciding whether or not you do it? Like, it's assuming that you're going to do it. Yeah, but I mean, almost immediately I feel like, boom, I'm going to kick you. Why'd you do it? To save your life. Oh, you died. Yeah, you got to hope that you don't have, like, some gangster friends that have knives on them and stuff. Well, this is your best friend. Just, I don't know if your best friend is a gangster. Some people are super paranoid and then, like, have a gun under their pillow or something. You kick them in the well, chest. Well, they're sleeping and... in on your living room floor. They Maybe probably they have a pillow on your living room floor. Maybe <laughs> you gave them an air mattress. You're a very polite host. And like, for some reason, they brought a gun with them and hid it under the pillow. Yeah, man. I'm just saying, like, that's a good way to get yourself punched or kicked or stabbed well, or shot. I mean, the chances of getting shot. I don't know how many friends you have. You're right. Are close <laughs> seems to you. pretty slim. But you're definitely going to get punched back. I mean, that just seems... Yes. Although, if you're kicking them as hard as you can in the ribcage, they're probably not getting up very quickly. Right. So, what excuse are we fabricating, since we're assuming that we're doing it? Okay. Yeah. What's, okay. what's, what's the explanation? Um, I saw a spider on your chest. <laughs> I think that's the go-to, right? I mean, I guess. If you my... want to slap somebody really hard, you just say you saw something crawling on their face. But why would you kick the ever-loving life into them? Because <laughs> it looked like an armored spider, like really sturdy. <laughs> you couldn't just get it by slapping it. That wouldn't have worked. This is, this is, this is I think, going to work. This, this explanation, as you question it more, will only strengthen I guess. I don't know. What do you have? What do you have? What do you got? I would just be like, I don't know. It just looked like you needed a kick. (laughs) (laughs) That's not an explanation. I mean. It's just saying I decided to kick you. (laughs) I really don't like you very much. No. So you get kicked. They'd be like, what do you mean? And then I would go into my wallet and hopefully I'd have enough cash to give them $100 and be like, you just look like you needed it. And then walk away. That's not bad. I actually like that. That's that's pretty good. That's a very good way to polish your you just look like you needed a kick concept. It's hard to come up with something legitimate to tell him. I might pretend that it was dark and that I didn't see him and I just tripped over him. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good I one. I might do that. Maybe it was just yeah. really early in the morning. Exactly. Maybe you got startled like, ah, what's that? You forgot they were spending ooh, the night. Ooh, that's good too. That's good. Yeah, uh-huh. that's very good. Uh Or maybe I was drunk and I pretend like I went out during the middle of the night and just came home and was super hammered and I kicked him, not realizing he was there because I had forgot that he was there when I came back and I'm super hammered, so I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I mean, you're having a crisis. You don't know how long you're going to be asleep for. It doesn't say you have to immediately kick them. It just says you have to kick them as hard as you can. That's true. In that time, you could come up with something and then go and grab like a bottle of vinegar or something and then kick them as hard as you can, pretend like you were drunk or whatever. Oh, yeah, you could set up a whole scene. Yeah. Or you could even, because I'm interpreting this as he's essentially like Sleeping Beauty. Like he's sleeping forever until you kick him. Right. And then eventually will grow old sleeping and die or will starve, I guess. But you can set up this whole scene where, like, somebody was breaking in and you had to fight them off. And as you were fighting them off, you could even – here's what you do. You're fighting somebody off. You didn't kick him. This guy that broke in kicked him, tried to beat him all up, tried to beat you up too. And then you took him down and you made him run for the hills. You got him out of the house. Right. That's what you go with. There was a violent break-in. <laughs> that person kicked you, but the lights were off and they ran out of the house. And you can even, as you kick him, then run out of the house and be like, yeah, that's right. him. I mean, they're never going to wake up unless you kick them. So you could just have the door open, kick them as hard as you can, and then when they're like, uh, what happened? You could just be like, yeah, get out of here, and they'll never know. Or you enlist 
a random friend of yours or run like out, some other person you know to run out and then you chase him out yeah and you're like yeah that guy did it yeah some <laughs> that, weirdo. that's good it's a little more elaborate yeah but i like it yeah it could work we're definitely getting better as we go through thinking yeah. through this these questions have gotten harder because right. they've also seemed to have gotten more nonsensical almost you know i mean the first one was pretty weird true true yeah but i felt like i could engage with that in a real way you know you know that's fair that's fair I mean, you also yeah. seem pretty into the gorilla one. Now <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Okay, so next, what's next? Uh, are we doing all these questions? I figure we'll do one more. Does one more sound good? Yeah, one more seems reasonable. I mean, yeah, I think one more is about the right amount. How many of them are there again? 23, 26? 23. Okay, 23. So we've done six. Oh, yeah. So yeah, one more. So one, one more. Yeah. One more works. Yeah. All right, it's sounding good so far. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, this is question number eight. Okay, eight, gotcha. You meet the perfect person. Romantically, this person is ideal. You find them physically attractive, intellectually okay. stimulating, consistently funny, and Sounds passionate. Good. However, they have one quirk. This person is obsessed with Jim Henson's gothic puppet fantasy, The Dark Crystal. Was that like a big thing at some point? Should I know what that is? Do you not know what the Dark Crystal is? No. Okay, well then. It's a movie. It's like a puppet film by Jim Henson. Very famous ah. puppet person. <laughs> puppet person? He makes right. puppets, or he did. He's dead now. Okay, so yeah, it's not recent. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, it's like from the 80s, and it's like these weird little... They kind of look like Arthur. They look like little aardvarks. Is it kind of like claymation? No, no, it's puppets. It, are they obviously puppets? Yeah, they're puppets. Like okay. very, very obviously puppets. Like Sesame Street puppets. They're puppets. Oh, they're like that? Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I like the like film is entirely like puppets. Alright, so they're obsessed with this puppet movie. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Beyond watching it on DVD at least once a month, they pepper casual conversation with Dark Crystal references, use Dark Crystal analogies to explain everyday events, and occasionally like to talk intensely about the film's deeper philosophy. Would this be enough to stop you from marrying this individual? Okay, so you've seen this Dark Crystal thing, right? Yes. Yes, I have. Is it good? Like, is it I interesting? Mean, is there a deeper philosophy that you could really, like, try to be like, oh yeah, there God. is some sort of meaning to I this, mean, or is it just farcical? I've seen the movie twice. I mean, I don't really remember. It's from the 80s. Yeah, but you didn't watch it in the 80s. <laughs> yes, I did. Okay. I mean, the movie is forever in the 80s, whether or not I watched it when I was, like, 10. Sure. <laughs> Movie didn't jump forward in time, John. <laughs> I think it still exists, Mike. It is a persistent object. I mean, if you've never seen the movie, I would encourage you to just do a quick Google search of it. Just look at the the, the cover, the DVD cover, All right. the VHS cover. It'll give you an idea of what it looks like. But it's it's basically like Star Wars. It's the best way I can. Oh, that's not bad. It. it doesn't look as like I th- expected it to be more like Sesame Street, like more like flailing limbs and really. Oh no, it's a gothic puppet fantasy, John. Well, yeah, I don't know what that means. I mean, it's gothic and fantasy, and it has puppets in it. Doesn't look particularly gothic, but I'll give it to him. He probably knows more about what makes a gothic puppet fantasy than I do. I never really understood what defined gothic, other than using a lot of black. I don't know either. But I think really whatever this movie is. It's not going to stop me. Okay. Like, imagine 
the perfect person? Like, are you going to let a bunch of inside references? And like, you know what these inside references are. Just for the listeners, we, you and I, have Mm -hmm. a mutual friend who is one of our best friends, Jose. He's come up on the show before. Who, for the longest time, for no explicable reason, was obsessed with Back to the Future. And they're good movies. He still references it. Constantly? Yeah. That's never going to change, I don't think. I, I don't think it's going to, but... I've never understood particularly why this is a thing. And it's a good movie. I enjoy the entire trilogy. Yeah. But it seems bizarre that it's such a big thing in his mind that it's just so persistent there. I don't knock him for that. I think it's almost better because as you get to know the person really well, like it's nice to know references and to recognize inside jokes and things. You know Uh what I mean? And this sort of thing this would just bring you closer together because you know this thing that's so important to them and you would get all the references. Like, you don't have to sit there and watch this movie with them once a month. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, you can do it once a year. Sometimes you will. Yeah, sometimes you will. What, what if they want you to love it the way they love it? What if it causes well, fights then, between you? And not to say that they're just like, I can't be with you if you don't love it, but they're like, why won't you at least give it a chance? Please. And obviously you will give it a chance. Because you love them and you want to, but every time you try to watch it, you're like, this is dumb. I'm not 12 years old. Why am I watching a movie about puppets fighting other giant scary puppets? If this person is as you described them and they are compassionate and they are intelligent and they are able to understand and employ empathy, then I doubt very much that this perfect ideal person will not be able to understand that anyone could not be super obsessed with this movie that's fair i think they will be able to understand oh this isn't that person's thing and you know what it's not 95 percent of the world's thing because weird goth puppet things are not that popular but you'll also have to sit there and listen to them talk very intensely about the film stupid Floss. like these are a conversation that you're gonna have to have with this person probably at least once a month that seems like a very small price to pay to be with such a perfect being. I just, I don't see that as a major issue. Like it would be perhaps annoying. It would be perhaps something that I wouldn't love, but as a major flaw, there are a lot worse flaws and almost every flaw is much worse than that. (laughs) Like that flaw is not actually detrimental to their life or our relationship in any way. And so I don't see that as a huge problem. Like I think more of the problem might be that if this person is too perfect, that that starts to, make you go insane you know what i mean like that would be more of the issue i think that's the hidden problem in this question right (laughs) that's possible i think the quirk is supposed to offset that though (laughs) you know offset the perfection yeah it can almost be a fault like what if you hate the dark crystal you've never seen it which makes it hard for you to really think about it yeah way to go with this question mike well i didn't know that you'd never seen the dark crystal you seem like a kind of individual that would be familiar with something like the dark crystal Sure, yeah. You know, with these sorts of things that came out before you were born, sometimes you just don't stumble upon those sorts of things, you know? True, very true. Like, there's just so much out there. (laughs) That's fair. Well, I don't know, because, you know, the Muppets are so popular, and this is something that the creator of the Muppets created, and I don't know if you watch the Muppets or are familiar with that. I have seen Muppets things. I was actually made to watch the Muppets Christmas Carol for the first time last Christmas. Oh, that sounds awful. I mean... That sounds great. Yeah, I wasn't overly impressed, but this is actually something that my girlfriend is very into, along with her whole family. So I'm basically dealing with this in my real life. (laughs) I don't know. It just doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Like, I don't know. Uh I'm I'm down. I'm down for some Dark Crystal. 
Like I, I don't think I would probably like it because I never liked Sesame Street and I never liked anything by the Muppets really. Like, it's not like I hated it, but I was never like, oh yeah, I'm all about this Muppet stuff. Right. And so I find it probably unlikely that the Dark Crystal will be like, yeah, that's my jam. But you know, sometimes when you talk to somebody that's really into something and they really express to you all of the nuance of why they like it, it causes you to like it a little bit more, or at least appreciate it more. That's and so maybe, you know, maybe that'll bring me up into it a little mm-hmm. bit. I don't know. What about you? Are you down with this? You getting with that perfect person? Heck yeah. If anything, this quirk, I would find it really endearing, even if I personally didn't like it, just to have someone while randomly talking with them, just to have some room for it. And I'm like, what? And they're like, you know, the dark crystal. And I'd be like, ah... That's so you. Yeah, yeah. If anything, this would just add. I'd be like, oh, you're perfect, and you have this weird, almost cute obsession with something. And, and that weird little layer of nuance. Yeah, yeah and that would life. just be like, you're too good for me. I think this Klosterman dude is probably really into this thing. What? The Dark Crystal? Yeah. Why? Like, I know he just meant it to be like a quirky thing, but he's secretly like, this is really the only question that matters and <laughs> when I determine whether or not I love someone. Are you into the Dark Crystal? Because I am intelligent and sensitive and perfect in every way. And I, I need love to know this. the Dark Crystal. I quote it morning until dusk. It is my Bible. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's the true answer. I really need to look up this guy and find something about him. Is he still alive? I'm assuming he's still uh, alive. Yeah, he seems to be not very old. He's probably, he looks to be maybe like 45-ish. Oh, that's 40-ish, good. Yeah. Love to send this to him and show him how we're making terrible work of his his questions oh no i'm sure this person would be at least mildly amused by our attempts to answer them find out if he Hopefully. loves us or not yeah do you yeah. love us yeah that's that's true we're doing his work for him i know we're helping to figure it out yeah you haven't met us before but do you love us mr Klosterman? please answer this question. love still just strikes me as such a strange thing to attach don't be I don't afraid yeah. of intimacy john <sighs> Yeah, like you gotta it's just open your heart words. more, more often. You gotta use the right words. I'm not sure that's the right word. That's that's my only thing. I mean, he obviously put a lot of thought into these questions. Maybe these are the questions that helps him decide. I mean, yeah, maybe these questions. Some of them are pretty like pretty intricate. Like he put a lot of thought into these questions. That's true. That is undeniable. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like them actually. Like it's nice to have to deal with things that you would never think of, and you find broken in some way but like you had to take them on seriously i like this uh so today we've done what seven of them so we'll have to come back to this another time maybe for another big landmark in our yeah. podcasting careers but i've yeah i've enjoyed this i've liked these so let's come back to this at some point yeah should we wrap this one up yes yes we should thanks for listening guys thank you thank you thanks for carrying us through these 20 episodes it's been a lot of fun thus far yeah you can find our show notes at subjectradio.com slash wwots slash zero two zero yeah the big two oh yeah yeah it's exciting stuff for us very exciting don't hesitate to you know reach out to us in any way you want yes we appreciate you guys all listening, mm-hmm. and I guess we'll see you in number 21 next week, yeah? Yeah. All right, Mike. I will talk to you next week, man. I'll talk to you then. Have a good one. Bye.
recording now. Beep boop. Beep 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 boop bop. Robots. Zero 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 one zero 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 one one. The humans are dead. The humans are dead. <laughs>